Welcome to Trust the Process Live. We are, this This will be a, a semi-regular day for the next couple weeks because uh, Josh and I are running into a little bit of scheduling conflicts, but it's a pleasure to be with you as always. I am your quote-unquote host, James Hyden, here with my guys, Doc Locke, Josh Saffron. What's up, friend? How you feel? I feel fantastic. We are back in Philadelphia and, uh, you know, but just, just back in the saddle. I was... Uh, I was in COVID protocols for a week in the isolation, which, um, you know, they don't tell you about COVID. One of the worst effects is just insanity from sitting in a room for uh, X amount of days. But um, I'm back in the real world. It feels good. It feels good. And I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling scarily good about this game on Sunday. Wow. Okay. We're going to get to that. We'll, uh, also, yeah. we'll call Fauci yeah. and CDC and tell them to add uh, cabin fever to that list of <laughs> symptoms. To the official list, the official yeah. website. Chalk that one up on Twitter. Uh, the man of many digits, Max Coolish. What's up, dude? How you feel? I'm feeling good. I'm not going to lie. The, the city is buzzing this week. I know you feel oh, the banners. I know you're all over the place within the uh, within the confines of, of the uh, of the city limits. City's buzzing this week. It's it's hard to not it's hard to not feel it. Like there literally have been times this week where I thought it was a home playoff game. That's how that's just how excited everybody feels. You know what I mean? Like it feels like I'm gonna get up and get ready to go tailgate for a playoff game. Ooh. We still could. Still I mean, could. I still could. It's not the same when they're on the road, but yeah, maybe I will. Um, but but yeah, I feel good, man. I, I agree. I, I do I am starting to to do the classic bit where you're a fan of a team and it's like you know you have no chance and then you slowly talk yourself yeah. into it. Yeah. Like this is a Wednesday show. Like I'm a I'm a Wednesday talk yourself into it, not Monday talk yourself into it. Yeah. There is a difference. Farther There's down a the big road. difference. Farther either down the road or up the ladder, whichever one you choose. So I'll I'll have to do my best to cover for to play the role of, of James Jackson, Everterry of past. And <laughs> Please. See what we can do about this, boys. Uh, let, let's just jump right into it there. And before we get to the the elephant in the room, the playoffs, as the title says, uh, the promised land. And it came a lot sooner than promised. But yeah. before we get to that, we got to talk about some of the – Max, what you're talking about right there, the talking yourself into it, the, the, sway, the swaying of the winds, the, the changing of the winds – and this one right here, our first question goes right at the general manager. So I think I have to take a 30 here. Oh, boy. I think I have to, I think I have to take a 30 and just right out okay. of the Okay. Don't doubt people when they tell you who they are. So when somebody comes out plainly and tells you who they are, what they are about, don't doubt them especially when they prove it. Okay, Howie Roseman is a guy who will hit on one out of every 10, 15 draft picks. Howie Roseman is a guy who is fantastic at trades, one of the better trading trading GMs in the league. Howie Roseman is a great capologist, one of the top 10 capologists in the league. That's what he is. Do not doubt him when he tells you that's what he is. And do not doubt yourself when you see that's what he is. And when you hear him tell you that's what he is, I don't understand the, and, and, and Max, I think it's, I guess easy. There's not, it's very hard to separate. Okay. My team, how, how do I feel about my team? I'm going to talk myself in every week to believing one way. And it's very hard to not apply that same thinking to a general manager when things go right. But I just, I think this conversation needs to stop when all of this credit clearly needs to be directed towards one person, maybe two, but like to me, if I want to like kind of in the hierarchy of the, of the organization, it needs to go to Nick Sirianni. That's it. I, I, I just don't think you can just throw like lump praise anywhere else when this was so clearly a guy who came in here and not only just overachieved expectations, but really did a damn good job of putting himself in Putting, putting himself in a conversation to step into the upper echelon of coaches very soon in this league with the job that he did this year. Don't let the the rose to, don't let the the midnight green colored glasses affect on what you know Howie Roseman is. So boys, either strike me down or build me up. No, I I got to strike you down, banners. I, I think oh, you're God. completely you're completely glossing over a few major, you know, parts of this equation here. And I think number one is, let's break it down and play in English here. Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles are in the playoffs. Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts do not have a first-round pick 
and are not in the playoffs when all they had to do was beat the lowly, lowly Jaguars. And I am not over here as the anti-Carson Wentz guy. I treat him more just like an ex-girlfriend, you know, where I'm not waiting for them to fail, but I'm also not wanting them to succeed. I'll give a nice chuckle here when they fail, you know what I mean? And that's exactly what I was doing Sunday at 4 o'clock. In fact, I was laughing to the bank. Thank you, Jaguars. But look at Carson Wentz just just crumble in the big moment the second Jonathan Taylor gets taken away and Carson Wentz was just begging to get out you know there was no secret how he was able to get him out get a first round pick for it when the whole world knew he had to trade Carson Wentz and now the quarterback that replaced Carson Wentz and oh by the way Eagles still paying Carson Wentz the money from this season they make the playoffs you have three first round draft picks and you are making the playoffs. That's something that I did some research. I, I lost it. The only like three teams in the last 40 years have made the playoffs and had three first round picks in the NFL. One of them, your 2013 Vikings banner. So I, I got to give Howie all the praise in the entire world. And he's just, there was a there were billboards that said Howie Roseman's a weasel. Like, where's all that hate now? Howie Roseman deserves credit. And guess what? I, I agree. Nick Sirianni. Great, great hire at this point. Who hired him? Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman needs to get a lot of credit right now, fellas. But I th- I, I'm not disparaging Howie Roseman. Okay. I'm not disparaging like Howie Roseman. I don't understand how, like, I want you guys to explain this to me. I Like, I called him a great trader. What you laid out right there is just evidence of me acknowledging that he's a great trader. So I'm yeah. curious as to as to how the the reality can be this and you can feel so poorly about it, but then within 18 weeks you can feel completely different about the reality. Like nothing's changed about the dude. You, just yeah. how you feel the cir- about it. The, well, this, this, yeah, I know I get what you're saying, but I I don't know. I think Maybe you don't view Howie Roseman the way a lot of, you know, normal, like, Eagles fans view Howie Roseman. Because it's just week in and week out. definitely a very polarizing figure. In the right. Fans. And, and but I like, don't know. But, but you know that. Like, you know he's yeah. polarizing. You've, oh, absolutely. You've dealt with the polarization. Like, you've, you've seen it. So, like, I, I'm, I'm just curious as to how the peaks and valleys happen when this is status it's, quo. It's easy. The peaks and valleys happen like this. There's usually – there's usually peaks during the season, right? When we make trades and, and a lot of the free agents that we sign turn out to pan out well. Right. But then all of the valleys happen around draft time when we make questionable picks and then, you know, old wounds get rehashed at the draft mm. because you're watching Justin Jefferson highlights again, because this is the pick where the Vikings took Justin Jefferson last year. And then inevitably that gets brought up that the Eagles took Jalen Rager, the prior pick, stuff like that. Right. I think how we need to look at how Roseman is this. The dude does get some undeserved hate. He's certainly not without flaws. Like it's no secret that his drafting pedigree is not up to the standard that he has built for himself in terms of the other facets of his job, right? Like, you know, we, we I don't like to give too much credit on the caps of because I feel like anyone who's half decent as a GM can just do the invisible money, fake money thing. Like we've seen the Rams do, like we've seen the Saints do, like we have seen the Eagles do at times, right? So I'm there's also cap that. guys. Like he has a whole department of guys. Yeah, exactly, true, true. exactly. But I absolutely think that in this, in, in as of right now, there should be a Howie Roseman victory lap because GM GM moves are not they're they're usually like your your results come in waves, right? Like they come they come they come in thick, they come in fast, right? It's not a, it's not like a coach where every week you're getting you know scrutinized by what is showing up on the field, right? GMs are we're always talking about you have to evaluate draft classes as a whole down the line. We have to talk about bodies of work. You have to talk about the whole you know, the whole thing for GMs, right? Like the whole, the whole, you know, the whole body of work, the whole, you know, the whole draft class. It's not a matter of like, Hey, that was a really good win. We don't attribute individual wins or upsets or, or impressive wins to the GM. We we attribute those to coaches and players, right? So when you have something like this, which is a marquee, you know, this is a marquee trade. This is a huge, huge thing to do. Franchise altering. This is a franchise altering trade. Not a lot of guys will, will be so willing to pull the plug on a quarterback that you know that they that they had to go out and get what five five years ago at this point, right? right? It, it's not something that you see a lot of you know a lot of GMs be willing to do, right? Like some guys will do it, but a lot of guys will just would much rather you know try to try to work it out. That's their guy, and, right? And by trading him away, you almost admit that you failed in some which way or shape or form, right? 
it, 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 it's crazy. It, it's crazy that we did get a first round pick for Carson. You guys know that I was the, Why the, is that the crazy? most. Dude, it's crazy. You know it's you crazy. Watch, if you watched the Eagles last year, that was not like, like that's just the, yeah. the inflated value of the position. But the, the guy was clearly never going to like anything that we got for him, especially in the position that we were in. Backs were against the wall. Like we had no leverage. We had no leverage. We were able to get a good deal out of it, and it turns into a first-round pick. That's going to be the 16th pick overall for a guy that had no future here, and you know, frankly, had kind of quit on the franchise. It felt like. So, I, I think that Howie Roseman does, deserves to take a victory lap for this. I am not looking forward to seeing you know the one reach that he'll inevitably have with his three first-round picks this year. It's going to happen. But when yeah. you think about him in the context of the 31 or you know the 30. Two total GM positions in this job. The dude is definitely in the in the top half, like at worst. Like I'm, I'm willing to say he's much higher, but just for the sake of keeping things moving here, there's no way you're going to name me 16 better GMs in the NFL than Howie Rose. A quick, a quick note on the Carson Wentz thing. I turned on First Take. I had nothing to do. I never watched First Take. Jeff Saturday came on Monday, right after the Colts game, and said the Colts need to start looking at other options at quarterback. And I just took a deep sigh and was like, man. I am so happy that they're not talking about my Carson Wentz anymore. Like, I am so happy that I just washed my hands of this whole situation and don't have to hear about that anymore. The Eagles, the Eagles ate his dead cap for like twenty-eight point some million this year, and they're saving a hundred million by doing so. Oh, like, so. That, that is not. It was not an easy contract to move, Banners. It's, it's you know, it's you know, look, look at Ben Simmons. Look at you know, everyone having this pipe dream, and this is a little bit off the rails, but there's the pipe dream that Tobias Harris is going to get moved with them in, in a Ben Simmons deal. How in the world are you going to move seventy million dollars in assets? Let's not, in let's not cross. That's things. what I'm, like that's was, what I'm saying. Like you still have to find season. suitors for this, right? Like just because people want, you know, maybe want Carson Wentz to get traded for a first round pick, I legitimately did not think that was ever in the realm of possibilities. I didn't think the Colts would ever have to give us anything conditionally, even a first round pick, because of the situation the Eagles were in. They had no other suitors for Wentz. He had a terrible year. The team had a terrible year. They were bringing in a new coach. They clearly didn't want to keep him there. They had no type of leverage with anybody. How he got himself a good deal that turned into an amazing deal. And I think that takes that that deserves a lot of credit. It deserves a lot of praise. I'm not, but I'm not, I'm not like that. And I think that's why the puzzled look is on my face because I haven't disagreed with a single thing you guys are saying. I'm just trying to understand where the the deviation from the mean occurs like is this is this just in like an overcorrection like are we just is this is 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 it less of a straight line and more of like a, a sequential waveform where we hate on him for we hate on him so much for the bad things that we need to give him praise in order to bring it back to the middle like, yeah. is that what uh, it is i mean i th- i think it's like max and i are a little bit more howie advocates than the average eagles fan i think i, like, I think i think you're we're, throwing we're us in there in, in that, yeah. yeah like i know I, I get what you're well, asking i'm not, I'm not I'm, it's, this isn't a commentary on you guys like i'm trying okay. to understand the i'm trying to understand the mass oh, oh, ebb and flow. How, how is an easy guy to to you know to point the finger at quite honestly yeah. because the draft the draft misses are are egregious like there's there's a lot of a lot of egregious draft misses under his regime right but like on the other hand like i'll say this right i think maybe the easiest way to boil it down is this right when it comes to the carson wentz debate we'll call it just an even 50 50 that half half the fans wanted him to go half the fans wanted him to stay right so you haven't you automatically have some kind of divide on him right there when it comes to the draft stuff 100 of eagles fans are like howie roseman blew it by drafting J.J.R. Stegel-Whiteside and Jalen Rager in back-to-back years over the guys that he could have had, right? So that's where it's kind of – it's um, it's like it's imbalanced, right? Because everyone – like everyone agrees that his, you know, his his biggest misses are terrible and, and you know, you shouldn't keep a job as a result of that, right? But on the other hand, you know, the the, the positive moves that he makes are typically, you know, less um, – like or maybe more controversial or maybe less like you know well received right up front like it depends like like bringing in Darius Slay like in free agency that was a great move everyone loved him the dude performed kind of bad the first year and everyone pointed the finger at Howie like oh you you brought in another you know washed up veteran this year dude balls out and and you know that kind of gets lost on the rug because it's his second year here right it's just stuff like that at least it is to me I think that if if you know you brought in ten other Eagles fans me and Josh are probably in the minority here if I'm being you know quite honest with you. Um, I think that a lot of people will will look past the other stuff simply to the draft things and say based on that alone he shouldn't have a job and I, I think that you know a lot of people don't realize how good we as Eagles fans have it. It's true. Uh, we have we have this this debate about should the Eagles be rebuilding or or you know, should they be gearing up for the playoffs? It says something about your general manager when the last two times he was supposed to be rebuilding he was competing for the playoffs basically instantly and getting there you know shortly after. 
So real quick, before we move on, I'm actually really curious because this Howie Roseman has what this conversation has led me to is Howie Roseman is one of the most predictable GMs in this league. There's going to yeah. be there's yeah. going to be a down cycle near the draft. But he's going to either outweigh or match those things in free agency and trades. So are you guys, I guess my ultimate question is, are you guys all right sticking with Howie Roseman? Because I've noticed our cycle of trashing him when he does horrendously bad things, which is coming, Mm -hmm. which we've just stated. (laughs) Those are coming. So are you guys all right with keeping him knowing that whenever a bad thing happens, there's going to be things down the line? Because a lot of GMs can't say that. Right, right. I, I look. He's like a. He's like the best used car salesman in the whole world. Like I really yeah. don't know. Like how on earth did he? he like you know, he, he sold a Rav Four with. He got demoted and got re-promoted at some point. Right? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> so like it's like Banders. I'm not blind, but like at the end of the day, like yeah, like you look at the Eagles track record, right? Like there's this notion that being an Eagles fan is so hard. In my lifetime, it's been. For the most part, pretty, pretty nice. Yeah. yeah, pretty nice. So yeah, you're an Eagles fan under thirty. You don't have much to complain about. Right. And, a lot, and and the last most a good chunk of the last decade is is due to checkmate. <laughs> checkmate. I now have tape. This was my ultimate goal. I now have tape that but I'm I can okay reference. With that. I'm okay with that. I now have tape. That was my. That I was prefer the it because I in the NFL, it's, it's easier to make that jump. You don't make the jump from two and fourteen to Super Bowl. It's not the. It's not the NBA, right? <laughs> and, like and, you don't. You don't make the jump from the bottom to the top just because your. You know your your young superstars finally gel. And damn it, one of these rookies has to be good. One of these. One of these. Exactly. Years. Eventually, one of. <laughs> we. You got yeah. a couple this year. You got three. You got three. I mean, got one of them's got to be year. good. One of them's got to right. be good. Out of, yeah, out, of the, out of the three picks this year, right? Like, we, you can't miss yeah. three times in a row. All Howie has to do is draft Nicobe Dean, and it doesn't matter what he does with any other pick in the draft. Eagles so fan, you wear like, the right that's all that matters. Draft. That's how that's how the casual football fan works. You see a guy in the national title game oh, in college, at a star at the position of need for your yep. team, and instantly, if your GM drafts that guy, he's awesome. fucking back. Let's get that man the right hat on draft day. Boys, the second question here. And this is when we this is when we start to move into the the promised playoffs, the early arriving playoff entrance for the Eagles. Out of all the NFL teams, where do we think the Bucks stack up? And uh, and part B to that question, where do you think the uh, where do you think the Eagles rank among these uh, these playoff standings? Where do we want to stick to the NFC or do we want to go? Do we want to go? Oh, oh everyone! First? I want to do everyone. You want to go everyone? Okay. Yeah. All right, so yeah, yeah. give me that. Give me that first, Max. Give me the number one. Where the Bucks rank overall? And then where the birds fall. All right. Well, really quick, I'm just just kind of running through my head. In terms of the NFC, I think I will still keep. I mean, I'm gonna. I can't put them above the Packers right now. I don't mm-hmm. think I can put them above either one seed. I think the Titans are 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 going to be a force to be reckoned with. They are getting Derrick Henry back. Yeah. This is you know this is when you know they're they're. I think both teams that earn the one seed earn them for a reason. Especially you know I think the Titans have been like. You know, how do they do it? They found a way to do it. The Packers have, have you know, done the Aaron Rodgers thing all year, right? I think that the Bucks probably slot in for me. I don't think I can put them above the Chiefs comfortably. I think at that point at four feels pretty up for debate, and I almost feel like I would lean to Tampa Bay simply because they have Tom Brady, right? Like, they have Tom Brady. Like, it, it's it's hard to bet against them. They're the defending champions. Um, I think that if, if it was any other team except the Chiefs, you know, kind of in that two spot in the AFC, I maybe would be even more inclined to put the uh, the Buccaneers over them. But I think as of now, I would say my, my top four in order would be Packers. I have to give it to the Titans because they beat the Chiefs straight you up. Gotta. The Chiefs were kind of you know kind of funky at that point, but it's got to be Packers, Titans, Chiefs, Bucks, and then for five just to round it out. Um, Do Bills. It. Yeah, it's probably no, the Bills. Do it. No, no, no. Do it. No. I, I, no. The team I thought of, I was like, no, there has to be someone I'm missing. It do is, it. It's the Bills. It's the Bills. Josh, why, what do we uh, – oh, no, Max, part B. Where do the birds fall on this, on these power rankings? I mean, objectively, I uh, give me the Eagles against the Steelers 10 games out of 10, no questions asked. If that, if that game were to happen, the Eagles' defensive line would absolutely dominate the Steelers. I think other than that, I can't really comfortably put mm. the Eagles like firmly ahead. I think that I think the Steelers are like clearly on a tier of their own, and like as the yeah. worst team in the playoff, like no bottom doubt. tier. I think the Eagles fall into that next tier up, just in terms of like they're young, they're inexperienced. You know, they have shown at times this season that their offense can can you know can go stagnant. 
And, and, you know, you can't always rely on your defense. The good news is that in the playoffs, teams like to play more cautiously, and that does kind of lend itself to slower-paced games, which, you know, that's the Eagles' style, right? Like, they they want the ball as much as possible. They want to be avoiding mistakes. And, and if other teams are not playing their game to avoid mistakes, um, you know, I, I think the Eagles can do it. And that, and that, you know, that tier with the Eagles, I would say probably are, like, the Cardinals and the Niners and – Sorry, banners. The Cardinals. The Cardinals are falling apart. Yeah, um, I'm with you. Cardinals, Niners, and then on the AFC side, I'm trying to think of who the wild card teams are. The Raiders, for sure. And Pat, uh, Patriots. Yeah, Patriots are better. I would say. I would say Patriots would are say, better. Yeah, not by much say, though. They, had, they yeah, fell off. A I agree. Bit. I agree. I, I think the Patriots are like at the very bottom of that next tier up with like the Rams. Yeah, this is tough. Maybe Josh. actually, you know what? Credit to the Niners. The Niners are in the next tier up. Give me That's, Eagles. I, that was where my that was where my face came. Eagles, like, Eagles, I, Cardinals, I Eagles, Cardinals, and, and Raiders are that that second bottom tier. Josh, what are you thinking? Rank these Bucks and then rank these Birds. I, I think that this is not a two verse seven. Like that's that's kind of what my point is with this question is I don't think this is as simple as your average two versus seven. This is not anything like Chiefs versus Steelers on the other side. I got the Bucks down at sixth out of all the teams in the NFL right now. And part of that hand up, I know I'm on an island here. I value the Rams extremely high. I think that they have had a very bumpy road. I, I know like Stafford's. To, I would like I know, to agree with you, but I, I'm sticking with my guns, man. I just think they've got the most talented roster and they're putting it together. I don't really know what to make of that last game. Uh, I, I mean, maybe they just kind of thought they already had it there and let their foot off the gas. But I, I look, I believe in the Rams when, when, you know, the going gets tough, this playoffs. So I have the Rams ahead of the bucks and I also have the bills ahead of the bucks. I love the bills this year. And I think that, you know, I'm not saying super bowl, but I do think there's a difference this year. Now that Josh Allen's been through the ringer a little bit in the playoffs and look, it's Tom Brady's Tom Brady. The bucks are dinged up. The bucks have, you know, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin ripping out are really changing the way I look at this team. I got the Buccaneers slotted at sixth just ahead of the Cowboys on my power rankings. And I got the Eagles at the 10 spot. Now, look, I, I, I have them right ahead of the car. I'm ahead of the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are done. I think the Cardinals are dead in the water. I got them ahead of the Niners because the Niners don't have a quarterback in my opinion. Like, yes, Jimmy G looked good. Jimmy G looked good last week. He's playing on a his hands his hand doesn't work. I don't know how he's throwing the ball. I like I would put no faith in the Niners with Jimmy G right now. And then look, I, the Raiders, like I said to Banners earlier today, they just had a miracle way to get in the playoffs. Their goose is cooked, and the Steelers obviously at fourteen. I got the Eagles at ten. I got the Bucks at six. I think this game is much closer than the two versus seven as it is on paper. So let's see. Packers, Titans, Chiefs. Given. I go I go Packers, Chiefs, Titans, by the way. I can't do it to them yet. I just I can't do it to the, the Titans. Their defense stepped up when I didn't think they would. Yeah. I gotta go Packers, Titans, Chiefs. This one's tough. I it's it's tough. It's, I think it's, I gotta go I gotta go Rams at four. There we go. I gotta go, go. I, boys, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Bills in front. Bangles, I'm going Bengals five bucks. Six. So I then just, you, to, so you got the Bills me, seven. I do. I do. Wow. All right. I don't. Dude, right. the, the Bills like the Bills tried to adapt a run game a couple weeks ago with Singletary. The ball Singletary's kind of picked it up over the last month. It didn't work though. Like they're they're not good. It's they're a throwing team, and that's just yeah, that I agree worries me. That really that worries me when you go up when you when you get later in this. Uh, when you get later in the quote-unquote tournament, even though I don't really like calling the playoffs a tournament, no. the Bucks are so banged up. I'm putting up a six. So They're just—they are so yeah. beat up. Like it is. Like I. All right, you can quote me. There's there's tape. I called numerous Scotty Miller games last year. <laughs> I like, remember. I, like I, I think I exhausted. Like it was to the point where it was exhausted <laughs> that I called so many Scotty Miller. You were going dry last year. Yeah, but like. A, the war of attrition. There's going to be a Scotty Miller game, just because there's nobody else ahead of Scotty Miller. Like it's like I I, yeah. I have to be right now because yeah. the number two option. 
Uh, we'll see if Leonard Fournette comes back, but like, even if he, he got, come on, he, he got activated today. Him and Gio Bernard and uh, Devin White, I believe it was. I just, I'm not sure how much I believe in going hurt. Um, and everybody else has their injuries as the team does this time of year. But like, come on, Bengals are explosive. Banners, like, banners. I think I think your input just switched or something like that. Yeah. Like really? I don't know. Go go, li- go check your audio settings. Oh, just I literally about. think it's. Go ahead. Are we Is back? Is that better? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It started freaking out. Better. Go again. Go again. Is that a lot better? Can we hear? Oh me? my god! Night and day. Wow, really? Yeah. I don't know what happened yeah. there. The Bengals, dude, like this is this is the wave. Like I, I talked earlier about how the, how the league is enamored with like head coaches under 40 and like, like yeah. coordinators under 40. Like this is where you want the young guys who are just so not used to losing that they can win. Like Chase and Burrow are the right amount of – I won't even – like I don't want to call it ignorant. But like they're just gonna go in there and play backyard football. Like and, sure, and it's it's not like the Raiders. It's not like Derek. This is Derek Carr's first playoff game too. Like I'll, give me the Bengals sure. every day. This is this is youthful exuberance. Derek Carr has been beaten down right. and grinded upon by like the <laughs> the machine that was John Gruden and the the shadow that is the Davis family and moving to Las Vegas and right. the Henry Ruggs thing. The Bengals are, dude, they're in Cincinnati, Ohio. All they got to do is play football. Like, play it, football. like go go out there, have some fun, kids. And then the birds, I got to put them. I can't do it. I can't put them ahead of the Cardinals. I actually think the Niners are better than the Cardinals because the, the Niners, for one, have been here. Um, and they are. Shanahan, like, Shanahan Kingsbury is huge in that, too. Yeah, it's like to me, like the Niners know what they're about, and Kyle Shanahan is the is one of the best at scheming what they're about. Like their run game is is extremely uh, creative, and and that's just like to me, run the ball, play defense. You saw it in the divisional round two years ago or a couple years ago when they went to Super Bowl versus the Vikings. They literally just ran down the throats of everybody. Um, so they know what they're going to do, and they're going to stick to it. So I'm going to go Bucks six birds. 13 this is I don't, I don't like this year man 18 weeks 14 seeds i don't yeah color me like i was out on math when they started introducing letters so this is not i don't like this i'm not a big fan well i mean it just sounds like the consensus though is bucks are in a uh, classic two seed which uh, look that's all i that's all the hope i need if they uh, if they had all these players healthy yeah they would be oh, the, they well, would yeah. be a favorite to repeat but mm-hmm. again if is I don't even want to say that saying. If is a whatever, we're gonna move on. Right. Question number three: What is going to be the X factor? All right, X factor in this matchup, and you can go anywhere. I'm actually really excited to see where you guys go for this. So, Josh, what's your X factor in this playoff matchup versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah, well, like I said last week, I am a Brady fearing man, and I'm not really fearing the Buccaneers, but I do fear number twelve. Yes, yes. Normally, I'd say the defensive line, but uh, just the way things have been, I don't, I don't even have faith in defensive line to step up and be the X factor like they need to be. So I'm calling on the the signal caller over here, Mr. Jonathan Gannon. I think JG is going to be the X factor in this game because it's just it, throw all those Brady. Cliche, there's a cliche that you need to get pressure on Brady. It's like, dude, that guy's seen every blitz in the book. Like you, can, it's not as simple as just blitzing. He just needs to press the buttons at the right times throw some weird schemes out there and really get something, you know, jarring out there for the Bucs this week. I think that's what it comes down to because, fellas, I think you're like a first-half turnover away from this being an Eagles win. Like, if they can throw something out there, get an interception for something, this is a totally different game we're looking at. So I'm going with JG. Max, your X-Factor versus the Bucks. Um, the, the first idea that I had and you know, just reading this was um, more specific than, than just John again on defense, but more specifically how the Eagles are going to deal with Rob Gronkowski. Um, oh. it, Brady has turned back the clock in, in the game and a half without Antonio Brown. Um, and, and I would assume that Gronk is going to be really the X factor of their whole playoff run at this point with with their limited options at often, on offense. Um, so, you know, we, we did talk about this. We talked about how the Eagles haven't exactly seen – great QB play down in the second half of the season. The Eagles haven't really seen any great tight ends really throughout the course of this year. We don't really have one in our division. We, 
I, I'm really struggling to think of any even like average or better tight ends that we played, you know, maybe since like Kansas, like, like obviously Travis Kelsey, but I, I mean, played Kittle, know. we shut down Kittle against the Niners. Mm-hmm. Two? Yeah. I mean, okay. So yeah, that was two, when he so. was coming off being injured, but you did. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's still early enough on, but like yeah. the, sec- the second half of the year, right? Like we didn't see any good QBs. We didn't see any good tight ends. Um, yeah, that that's really just my my thought. I think that'll ultimately be what determines this game. If Gronk goes for eight for one twenty and a touchdown, I think that's enough offense. You know, probably enough offense, like enough passing offense threat for for the Buccaneers to be able to overcome their injuries ultimately. Um, and then uh, just one other one, really quick, just because I'm sure we'll get to this. This feels easy to say, but it, it's really got to be the Eagles' running game effectiveness. Yeah, like, you know, we we talk about this all the time when we bring up the Bucks. Like you, you're you know by the numbers, you don't really run on them. Obviously, it happens every now and then. Can this be a and you know so you know one of those other times where where they do give up you know 150 plus rushing yards compared to their usual you know like 95 or something like that? That's going to be, uh, I think, the biggest X factor for the Eagles' offense as uh, as obvious as it may seem. So I'm going to go the interior of the Tampa Bay O line with uh, Ryan Jensen center, Ali Marpay, and Alex Kappa at guard. Um, the, the Eagles let's, I mean, there's no, we'll make no bones about it. The edge is not the strength of this Eagles D line. Um, it's not going to be for, for a little bit. And historically the, the, the rap has been, we talked about it last week. There's, there's a formula to beat Tom Brady, whether or not it works is a, like a total crap shoot. Like you, you put it on a craps table and see what happens. The way to beat him is inside pressure. Um, it's been it's been shown a couple times in the past. If it's going to work, it's going to come from Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave up the middle. Um, and the the tackles are the strength of this. Um, the tackles and and um, excuse me, Ryan Jensen at center have been the strength of this Tampa Bay offensive line. So it's about attacking the uh, the a gaps and those guards. Um, it's about the the ends uh, the edges playing contain. Um, and trying to push that pocket into Tom Brady so he's forced to step up into that inside pressure. To me, if you can do that, that's when you start. Because there, there's – Gronk is old. This is going to be forcing Tom Brady to get the ball out quick, which he does extremely well. But there's one recipe to beat Tom Brady, and this is it, inside pressure. So attack those guards, boys. Attack those guards. That's That's my X factor this week. Let's see. Our last question in the main event. Whew. What do we expect Sunday at 1 o'clock? What do we expect one, uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock? How do the birds win? How do the birds lose? 1A, 1B. How do the birds win? How do the birds lose? Max. I mean, birds win is as simple as it's been all year. They run the ball effectively. The offensive line dominates like it has you know, basically against everybody that it's played. They did have relative success against Tampa Bay, although I would say that was really the last week before their, you know, they kind of had that that breakthrough in terms of, of their how efficient and effective the running game has been in terms of yards per carry and just for you know, how much of the total offense that it makes up that kind of thing. Um, I think that's the easiest way to point out the birds when the birds lose I mean, to me, the, the birds lose by by going down early to an efficient Tom Brady who, you know, Whenever we think that he doesn't have people to throw to, he's going to throw to uh, what's that dude like Cyrus, Cyrus Gray or something like I forget his name. Like you know, oh, yeah, I know you're something like about. that. Yeah, and, Miley and, Cyrus. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the way the Eagles lose is Tom Brady starts thirteen or fourteen for two touchdowns, and the Eagles are forced into an early catch up where you know they they simply can't really excel given their uh, their their personnel. Josh, what do we expect Sunday at one? How do the birds win? How do the birds lose? Yeah, I mean, first of all, like Max said, it's 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 the running game. Everyone wants to talk about the Bucks' run defense and how they're number one in the league. I don't hear anyone talking about how the Eagles have the number one run offense in the league. So to me, that's something I think should be more in the national media because it just seems like, oh, you can't run on the Bucks. Well, you can't stop the Eagles' run. If the Eagles win that battle, I think there's a legitimate path for them to win this game, and I expect them to win that battle with that offensive line. I mean, other than Vita Vea. I'm not necessarily shaking in my boots about anyone on this Tampa Bay Bucks defensive line. Yeah, I think Jason Pierre-Paul may be coming back, but that doesn't do it for me. And uh, like I said, Shaq Barrett's back as well. Mm, mm, I missed that. But 
I, come on. I think the Eagles' offensive line is really the one of, if not the best in the league. I think they will be able to run the ball, maybe not as well as they have this year, but I'm not scared of this Tampa Bay Bucks uh, run defense. And then they lose this game quite simply by playing that soft zone that they were playing a lot this season, like that Raiders game, right? If The, the Chargers game even. If you're going to give t- uh, Tom Brady some cushion, uh, like obviously Mike Evans is going to be tough, but – Max, you were saying it. Who, I, I couldn't tell you who half of these guys are other than, like, Brashad Perryman that the Buccaneers have brought in. If you just let the Bucs, you know, nickel and dime you down the field, it's going to be a long, miserable game, and it's going to be long and miserable for that defense who we've seen it so many times. Tom Brady, if he has the ball in the last possession of the game, I don't like the Eagles' chances here. So it's, it's very cliche, but, you know, you got to bring the pressure. You can't let Tom Brady be comfortable. Ultimately, fellas... I'm going with an Eagles win this week. I am not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be like the season was ruined if they don't come out of Tampa Bay with a win. The weather's not going to be nice Sunday. I think that bodes well for the birds in a sloppy, rainy game. And and look, fellas, can we all agree on this, though? Eagles plus eight and a half. Like, book it, right? Even banners, come on, eight and a half. Yeah, I think I got to lay that. Yeah, I think you got to lay that. But I'm going, look, fellas, 27-24, book it, Eagles money line. You think it goes up or down by the time Sunday kicks off? I think we'll see eight. Okay, interesting. All right, my two scenarios. Birds win if Dallas Goddard Goddard has more than 67 yards. That's a win. So the Eagles win. If Dallas Goddard has more than 67 yards, that means they are running when Vita Vea comes off the field, and that means when Vita Vea comes off the field, they are attacking those seams, or comes on the field, I apologize. And the Birds lose if they exit the first quarter with at least a 10-point differential. So if the Bucks are up by 10 points at the end of the first quarter, that means I think the slow start has done them in because at that point, the Bucks can just get to their formula, waste time either through the run game or those dink and dunk plays, and it's just going to be a, a slog fest for the remainder of that game. So those are my two scenarios. I do think the Bucks win, but I that eight and a half is kind of speaking to me. I do think the the Eagles might be able to cover this with uh, maybe a backdoor cover out there. Might be might was, be a little backdoor cover. I was thinking the opposite. I can see like the Bucks trying to run out the clock, like up four, and Ronald Jones breaks one and breaks my heart too. That's that's Oof. that's the way I would see the Bucks covering. I was going through that it vintage ninety eight yard Rojo touchdown. Oh, so, yeah, Woof. like that he's so known for. Woof for the uh, boys. Are we gonna do our favorite segment in the playoffs? I'm down. Yeah. I love. It's All right, I think segment. we will. So so not for the last time. After I tell you about our uh, our guys, PHL Sports Nation. Not for the last time, our favorite segment. But before we get to our favorite segment, I got to tell you about our friends over at PHL Sports Nation, a local Philadelphia sports site covering your favorite teams across blogs and social media. Uh, PHLSportsNation.com, Philadelphia Sports Nation, enhancing your Philadelphia sports fan experience. They cover everybody, including your Philadelphia Union. Uh, Go check them out. Uh, I just told you the website. Any form of social media, you can find them. Very easy. And PHL now, big Sports Nation. Big announcement. Yeah, announcement. And now sports gambling has been added Woof. to the uh, PHL Sports Nation, led by yours truly and Mr. Love Digits it. down there. Going to be contributing to the website with some weekly picks and uh, a little web show coming Friday about the playoffs. Beautiful. You know where to find it, PHL Sports Nation. We'll uh, we'll be dropping some links in the comments as well, so you can uh, find that a little bit easier. I don't know how much easier I need to make it for you guys to find it. Like I've, I've said this, so I, it's, it just rolls off the tongue at this point how many times I've said it. But boys, our halftime, as always, is our favorite segment: winners and losers. As per usual, we will go around. We'll tell you our losers first from the uh, week eighteen, the the first the week eighteen games. Week 18. First, yeah, this is this is so weird. First time, week eighteen, winners and losers. Josh, you want to kick us off with your loser? Yeah, it's yeah, it's too easy. I'm not gonna say anything crazy. It's it's the Colts, man. It's womp just the Colts. Womp. It's Carson Wentz. It was um, it was so predictable. At the same time, I actually said Jaguars money line on the last show. If you want to check the tape, I was a man. I put my money where my mouth is. Profited greatly and uh, uh, chuckled. So. Uh, that's it. Colts winning you're in. And then you know what was even funnier to me? Sorry, my roommate's a Colts fan. I hope he doesn't hear me. Uh, the fact that 
all they had to do was have the uh, Ravens win, and they still would have made the playoffs. I'm pretty sure if the Ravens ended up winning that game. So, yep. yikes! It was a rough, yep, rough week 18 for the Colts. That's it. Max, your week 18 loser. Oh man, I feel like you probably were going to try and take these this banners because we kind of mentioned this team earlier. But for me, it's the Rams. I mean. You know, just a terrible, terrible collapse. No, no points in in the whole second half, I believe, or or, or one field goal or something like that. Um, Sean McVay blows his first halftime lead as a head coach. Um, you know, I, I'm not that superstitious. That's actually a lie. I'm very superstitious. Uh, as soon as I saw Sean McVay celebrating in the end zone when his team went up 19 to seven. It, you know, that was really the turning point, and I think that just kind of really takes them over the top as you know, blowing it to a division rival and and kind of limping into the playoffs in their own right because they have not played great the last couple of weeks. They've really just kind of, you know, squeaked out wins, um, you know, with with really uh, subpar quarterback play, quite honestly. And um, I, for me, I think I think the Rams are uh, – I've lost a lot of faith in the Rams. Like, I mean, we kind of mm-hmm. talked about them when Josh brought them up. I've, 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 you know, I've lost a lot of my personal faith in the Rams as a result of their last two or three games. So for me, I think that's just kind of a, comp- you know, a compounding interest kind of situation, and you know, losing to the Niners in overtime. I, I, I could go Chargers here, but I don't know if I want to just like that's, wring the dead horse's neck yeah. at this point. Like it's that's just it's so, it's too much. So I think I want to go with the the Aints down there from uh, Louisiana, because. Losers. You tried. You tried, oh, yeah. and it just didn't work out, boys. I'm. I want to say I'm sorry, but I'm still not over 2009. So, as much as I'm not sorry for you, it sucks to suck, Sean Payton. You know what I mean? Like it's. You put your hope in Jameis Winston, and that failed you. And your darling sweetheart, your pet project, Taysom Hill couldn't get the job done and your mr slant man michael thomas is just exposed and then just is a a malcontent it sucks to suck boys so uh you (laughs) tried you won in week 18 and it just still still didn't didn't get you there so the chickens may have come home to roost and i'm just praying to god we don't see russell wilson in uh in golden black next year um but yeah the saints suck it uh chargers that's that's tough, man. Brandon Staley, I still believe in him as a coach. You're definitely a loser this week. But uh, Justin Herbert also cooled off in the last part of the year. So you're still a loaded team. We all expect good things from the Chargers next year, but definitely got to go Saints. So we had Saints, we had Colts, and we had Rams for our losers. Turning around the cycle, we're coming back up to the top. Josh, your Week 18 winner. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna let me go first, I'll take I'll take the other obvious one. It was the Pittsburgh Steelers. I didn't even know. I like literally did not know the Steelers could make the playoffs when game started week 18. No idea. I thought they were done. Like Big Ben, there was all this big ceremony for him. Like, oh, Big Ben's last game. And like, I, I don't know. This was a game I didn't touch because I was like, oh, it's Big Ben's last game, and the Ravens can make the playoffs. The game's in the fourth quarter, and that was like the first time I even learned the Steelers actually could make the playoffs. So for Everybody that, just wrote that scenario off, right, right. And then, and then you know they're double winners because the Raiders kicked that last second field goal. I don't know if you, I mean like I, I I can't even imagine what the world would have been like had that game actually ended in a tie. I, I just kept thinking about Chase Claypool and Mike Tomlin already dancing on Instagram Live, and then just imagine the psych. Like now, you are not not in the playoffs <laughs> anymore. But Steelers, they got to be the winners. I was so Max. close to naming chaos as my loser because we were the ah, worst. So we ah. were so close. We were so close incredible. to just. It would have been so shows. incredible. Um, we kind of already talked about this game, but it's got to be the Jags, right? Like, yeah, set like- aside the whole Colts stuff and and how it relates to us as Eagles fans. The Jags, not only did they come out as as outright winners as 15-and-a-half-point dogs, they got their best Trevor Lawrence game to, to close out the season. Not only that, they secured the number one draft pick again going into next year. They ended up with, you know, with three wins against teams that were all above 500. Like, you know, there's not a lot of positives to be taken from there, but it's better than not having, you know, at least one good Trevor Lawrence game before the end of the year. It's not worth, you know, like they got the number one pick again. There's a lot to be optimistic about uh, if this was a game of Madden. 
I wish to amend my previous statement because okay. my winner has made me rethink my loser. Oh boy. And my loser is now Joe Judge. Okay. And I say that because I will I, I will get back to this. I say that because my winner is the Lions. And my winner is the Lions because gosh dang it, if I don't want to run through like five simultaneously stacked back-to-back walls for Dan Campbell, I want to do that sitting states away. And I say that this changed my mind because Dan Campbell, you want him to be the coach of your football team. All right. Nobody's doubting what state the Lions franchise is in right now, but you can get behind Dan Campbell. And this made me change my previous statement because Joe Judge, he got fired and he should have been because that you're you're telling me you're going to have your quarterback run a Y-wing quarterback draw on third 14 on your or no third and 9 on your own 14 like you didn't even Legendary. you didn't have enough confidence in your team to run a play like a play like even a even a you didn't trust your running back to run a draw you said we're going to eliminate some steps. We can't even turn the ball like, off correctly. Like, we're, our quarterback's going to run a draw. Like, that is, like, you gave up on your team. You're fired. That's why Dan Campbell's my winner, because nobody gives up on Dan, because Dan doesn't give up on every anybody, because he drinks, like, seven espressos in the morning, <laughs> crushes some creatine, and goes out, lifts the offensive lineman, because that man is an absolute warrior and yes, the Lions are my winners. And now Joe Judge is my loser because that man sucks. <laughs> I was really hoping he wouldn't get fired for my personal Same, I was sake. so pissed. Yeah. Well, hey, actually, you know what? We'll get him and retired. So, yeah, you know, there may be a culture change. There probably won't be, boys. Probably won't. Probably not. Probably is that ownership, ownership GM still there? I'm not too worried. Yeah. Woof. Second half. Second half. Super wild card playoff picks this is a new one for us afc wild card weekend picks we're gonna go through this it's kind of gonna be like rapid fire but i want to hear some thoughts so I, I might ask you to expand on some if i feel your picks are egregorious uh, if i use that word right i probably didn't but we're gonna get into it our first one raiders versus Bengals. josh you're crazy if you pick the raiders this week yeah I mean, yes. you're, just, you're just crazy if you pick you're the crazy. raiders this week First Thanks. of all, banners. I mean, you 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 really you really set this up earlier with your. What did you say about the youth of the of the Bengals? They're and blissfully ignorant. They're blissfully ignorant. They don't know anything other than just balling out Burrow and Jamar Chase. And then I call it the Minneapolis Miracle Theorem. If a team wins in a miracle way, in a crazy way, they are screwed the next week because they've been riding high off of that Dan Carlson made field goal for the last. Especially week. in football especially in football. You can't replicate that emotion. Give me the Bengals. Listen, I'm not talking about the minus six spread here. I really don't know how I feel about that, but Bengals outright. <laughs> Listen to Banner Man then. Bengals outright. No second uh, No second thought. Max, I know you agree with us, but just say it because I want to hear it. I mean, I, I definitely do like the Bengals, right, Like to win the game. I'm surprised to hear it's six, if I'm six. being totally honest with you. The, the, the Raiders are resilient, man. Like, they could have been dead for a long time. Look, I, I proclaimed the Raiders dead a couple of times. One of Wrong. my biggest foot-in-the-mouth moments was trust the picks. The first week, Rich Basicchio was the head coach, and I said they might get shut out, and they beat Denver by, like, 25 points or whatever it was. <laughs> like The Raiders have made me crow a little bit this year. I think, I think this game will be uncomfortable for Bengals fans. I don't know. I think that they're the better team. I think this game will be uncomfortable for Bengals fans. Erroneous. Erroneous on all accounts. Not all accounts. I just wanted to quote Wedding Crashers. You're going to hammer the Bengals here, boys. You're going to hammer the Cincinnati Bengals because that's just what you do. But you do. All right, Max, you said something. We got to give Basicchio a round of applause. That man was not given a, a fair shake this year, and he did the most of it. All those credits to those players for keeping it together. That being said, hammer the Cincinnati Bengals. Matchup number two. We're going to come right back to Josh. Patriots versus Bills. Let's hear it. Yeah, when I first saw this one, I was like, man, this is tough. But I don't think it's really that tough. Uh, if this was like three weeks earlier, maybe I would have gone Patriots. But I think the dust settled after all 18 weeks. 
this is Bills for me, and I think this is also a Bills cover. I think they're getting four, uh, favored by four. I'm going with the Bills. I don't think this is their year. I'm not going crazy like that. I just think the Patriots have kind of crashed back down to earth, and uh, Mac Jones has looked a little ad lately, so I'm going Bills. Max. Um, as the number one Josh Allen fan in yeah. Pennsylvania, quite possibly, um, it's my solemn duty here to take the Bills and to believe in them large. I can't take them large because Bill Belichick is the coach for the other side, but I will take the Bills 28-24 push. Wow. It's a push. See, I'm Vegas I'm, knows, man. Vegas knows. This is one of those Vegas knows games big time to me. I'm crushing the plus four. Cool. I'm doing it. I'm crushing the plus four. I oh, golly. It's smart. The, the the Bills won as home favorites in this basically a very similar spot against the Colts yeah. last year. I think they were I just, six and a half point favorites at home against the Colts last year. It's good Patriots team. They were I'm crushing yeah. the plus four. I just don't golly, I wish we did. I'm, I, I might abstain from this and see how I feel on Friday and send my pick into you guys for the for the uh, Friday show because this is this is probably the toughest pick to me of the first round. I, um, I agree. Yeah. So I'm going to abstain here, but I will. I'm crushing the plus four here. Third matchup, final one on the AFC side: Steelers versus Chiefs. Boys, uh, no, do I even Chief, no, we you don't you don't. Do look at what happened when they played a couple of weeks ago. Going to be the same yeah. thing. That's Chiefs. Chiefs. NFC first round. And we're going to save our matchup to the last one. First one, we're going to go Cardinals versus Rams. Josh. Probably the best one. No, NFC playoffs are actually pretty good when I just thought about it. But I'm going Rams based on, you know, you heard me say it earlier. I still believe in the Rams. I think this really comes down to who are you still believing in? Both of these teams were hot commodities, week five, week six, the next best thing. And like I said, you know, with 18 weeks, I think you really see the dust settle and the cream rises. Look, I think the Rams are much better than the way they've been playing. And I think the Cardinals are exactly what we've seen these last few weeks. You're, they're not that good. You know, they have the capability of going off on offense, but they're just not, they don't have that firepower. So give me the Rams. And um, I'm not sure the numbers on this game. Is it like five or is it closer than that? I got you. Give me a sec. All right. The, four, e- the either or. Four. Minus four, yeah, man, that's a scary one too. I like, I haven't done the nitty gritty research in these games, so get back to me on Friday. But uh, Rams outright. Rams outright, Max. What are you thinking? Um, I think the Rams are very fortunate that they're playing the only other team in the NFC playing as poorly as they are. Uh, I think that they're also lucky that they got on the right end of the NFC West circle yeah. of parity here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the the way that the 49ers own the Rams are the same way the Rams own the Cardinals. Um, ironically, the Seahawks also own the Cardinals, but the uh, the Seahawks own the 49ers, and it's a mess, right? Like you look at the history in that division; it's in recent, in the last ten years, it's all pretty heavily skewed, clearly in, in one team's favor for each head-to-head matchup. With that being said, I think the Cardinals are are, are limping in. They're not going to have DeAndre Hopkins available for this game, which was confirmed today. Um, and and they've just you know they they have looked as like a shell of themselves offensively without him. He clearly does more than than you know than what his stats have shown, because quite honestly, he had, wasn't having an amazing statistical year, um, at least by his standards. So I think I'm going to have to take the Rams here. I think I'm inclined to, to take the points here as well. The better in me says take the points, but the football fan in me says this is going to be the upset of the weekend, boys. Okay. It's two very contrarian opinions occupying space in my mind right now because – I'm probably going to bet the points, but I'll tell you what, when I sit down on that couch, this feels to me, the Cardinals feel like to me, they're going to win the first round and be bounced in the divisional round. It's just like, I don't know why. I think this is going to be a very exciting game between two teams who know each other very well. Hmm. I think this is the upset of super wildcard weekend. I think this is going to be a really fun one. I think, uh, I think Kyler Murray is going to reignite the preseason talk of Super Bowl favorites for next year by the performance he puts up, um, where everybody goes into next year picking the Cardinals to win the Super Bowl because of Super Wild Card Weekend. I'm going Cardinals here, boys. I'm going to lose a little bit of money, but I'm fine with that. Second NFC matchup, 49ers versus Cowboys. Josh, what The Nickelodeon game. The Nickelodeon, oh, I- that is true. I did that's, not dude, know. That's perfect. That's perfect. Kyler Murray is going to get slimed. Oh, no, no, Niners-Cowboys is Nickelodeon. Sorry. Oh, that's weak. 
<laughs> I, I, ah. I, I can't do it as much as I want to. I, a lot of a lot of people in the area are going with the Niners. A lot of people nationally, actually, are going with the Niners. I can't do it. I think the Cowboys win. I think the Cowboys cover, too, at minus three. I, there's just – look, the Niners are a really good team. The Cowboys are just better. I, I, I don't really know what else to say other than that. The Cowboys' defense is very good, and we shouldn't lose sight on that. I think the Niners will be able to run the ball, but – I just think the Cowboys are a little too explosive, and we'll see a Trayvon Diggs pick in this game once again. So give me the Cowboys in this one as much as I hate to say it. Max, Niners-Cowboys. I'm not going to lie. I really think the Niners are going to cover this game. I do get this weird feeling this is this is set up for for you know a huge a huge win for the sports books because people are going to hammer the Cowboys here, but the Niners are going to end up covering. I think this is a close game. I think that the Cowboys have shown – um, while they can be solved defensively, if you can beat them, it's usually in an explosive manner. And I think the Niners are a really good offense to you know try and exploit that. Um, I do think that Jimmy Garoppolo probably will be – excuse me, the, the difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and Dak will probably end up being the difference in this game. Um, but something that's really overlooked is, is the Cowboys – the Cowboys are not a really great running team this year. Um, a lot of a lot of their success in terms of running back productivity has been Tony Pollard receptions yeah. out of the backfield. Zeke seems like he's he's slowing down, although he's had these weird random games where he looks invigorated. But for the most part, he's looked a little lethargic this year. Um, so I think that this game probably turns into uh, a bit of a shootout. It has a high point total. I, I'm inclined to go over. I think that. I think that the, the Cowboys, you know, win in a, 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 I don't want to say funky game in terms of, of, of the game itself, but like in terms of how the scoring plays out where it'll, you know, maybe like a couple missed two point conversions or like I can see Kyle Shanahan, you know, scores the first touchdown and goes for two immediately. And, and the Niners find themselves eight nothing after, after one drive. And then that starts a weird cycle of, 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 you know, score gummy watch. So that's my prediction. I'll say something weird. Like, 3230 Cowboys. I'm going Niners here because the Cowboys are a completely different team versus the NFC East versus any other division. Uh, they're only six and five versus teams outside of the division with some pretty ugly losses and, and just terrible performances. Max, you put you hit the nail right on the head there. Zeke is like a, Zeke Zeke is still injured. Like it's that that knee oh, is still yeah. bothering him and Pollard is is uh Pollard is their best running back right now. Um, I just don't think they're running games up to snuff. Uh, to me, I think the Niners win this one outright. Um, it's just they're the the Cowboys are way too inconsistent, and I'm going to credit a lot to a lot of that to Kellen Moore. He's like 33 years old. I think he's a good. Uh, he's a bright young name in this league for coaching jobs, but he's just too young. Um, and and the offensive inconsistency is going to doom them. Um, Trayvon Diggs is. A hell of a ball player, but a not so fantastic uh, cornerback. There's a difference. So yeah, you can attack this Cowboys team. Um, their defensive line is nothing to write home about. I think that the Niners win this one outright, and the Niners again prove to to be a problem because as much as Shanahan wants to be more of a throwing offense, it's a good recipe for for success in this league when you get a team that can back up uh, back up a run game. So yeah. Final matchup, and I te- I ended that. I ended my point like that because I, I was wanted just to, gonna I, say I wanted to give you that, Josh. I was just gonna say. Speaking of matchup, you, running game, you you were excited. You 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 got out too early, man. Like you the, you should have seen. You we already know who you picked. Yeah, Eagles yeah, versus you, Bucks. It's true. Eagles versus Bucks. All right, the Eagles win. That's <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 27-24, Steven Nelson gets an interception in this game and everything's different. That is uh, my official wow. prediction. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've already done it. Give me the birds. That's my upset of the week. I went pretty chalk, but um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a chalky first round other than this. Max, Bucks, Eagles. Um, I'm just not, I'm not ready to do it. I'm not ready to to say that that they're going to be able to pull it off. I hate. I wish I could. I really do. Um, I think okay. the eight and a half is too much. I think I think this Eagles team is is that's a little bit of a disrespectful line to them. Uh, they were not the last team to clinch a playoff spot. Like they, they did not they did not you know they did not crawl across the finish There's line. An extra they, spot though. So like this. Yeah. The- hey man, they 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 still you know they clinched the playoffs with a week to spare. I think that mm-hmm. that that garners some form of of respect. Uh, I think the Eagles lose thirty to twenty four. Thirty to what? 
24. 24? Okay. Yeah, I think it's – I'm putting two bets down. Uh, Bucks money line, but I think the Eagles might cover, like I said before. I think this is set up for a, a funny backdoor cover situation, um, which is going to make the game look closer. This is the story of a lot of Eagles' losses. The, the score – looks closer than the game was like it's it's a weird kind of thing to look back at some of these scores um yeah i mean i think the bucks do i talked about this last not to cut you off but i mentioned this last week you know the first half of their season a lot of their losses like they were the kings of garbage time and and Mm -hmm. and you know i I think that does kind of help like that helps you get into the right mindset for playoffs where you know if you get punched in the mouth by a good team like the bucks like i know the eagles aren't going to roll over and quit and that's why i feel so confident saying they'll at least cover yeah, I think I'm gonna go Bucks money. The, the Bucks win, Bucks money line, but I think I'm gonna kind of double up on my cash there with the uh, with the eight and a half points. That's just kind of speaking to me for some reason. A lot of the, the numbers speak to me. I'm no Doc Lock, but the numbers kind of speak to me. That's gonna be our second half, and uh, you, you know what? Do we want to? You know what? We're gonna do it. Ooh, this is a, that's we're gonna take that oh. away. It's on here, so I'm gonna ask it. Super Bowl winner. We're gonna change this every week. We're gonna we're gonna let you know if our picks change. Super Bowl winner right now. I'm reversing the order. Max, who's winning the Super Bowl in 2022? I really hate to say it, but I, I am gonna have to swap a little bit off my preseason prediction of Chiefs Bucks. Packers Chiefs. Sorry, Banners. Who wins? Who wins though? Packers. Wow. How about that? They they feel like they didn't pick the Packers. I did. It just you did pick the Packers. I I did. I'm sorry. You traitorous son of a. I don't. I don't like it. It just. It just. It feels like. You know, if it feels like it, it just feels like the stars are aligning. If to me, it felt like the Bucks were their only real challenge in the NFC going into the playoffs, and I I don't think, I don't think the 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 Packers are going to lose sight of Scotty Miller when they don't have to worry about Antonio Brown and, and Chris Godwin. Josh, who's your Super Bowl winner? Yeah, well, first of all, Max, they're going to have to worry about Devontae Smith. Uh, second of all, <laughs> good God, give me give me the Chiefs. I've said that I said it before the year started. If you give me Mahomes, Andy Reid, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, I'm always going to pick the Chiefs, and it's as simple as that. I'm gonna go Titans here, boys. I'm gonna do Whoa! it. Whoa! I love All it. Right. I would like that. I would. I really want to see it. King Henry. I really want to see it. Derrick Henry practiced uh, yesterday. He was back in the building. Even if he didn't, the run game with uh, with Hilliard and and Foreman has been passable enough. Um, Julio's healthy. AJ Brown's healthy. This is just a team that knows who they are and is, are really good at being who they are, which is kind of a lesson that a lot of people should take note of in, in the, the personal area. The Eagles should but, be the second slide on, on, that, uh, on that presentation. Yeah, that's very true. They're the, they're the people who went to therapy, figured it out, and really embraced it. Yeah. Uh, but the Titans, they, they the defense did not start out this way for the Titans. They are playing very, very well, um, especially on the back end for the Titans. Um I would really love to see this happen, boys. Vrabel to me, just like Vrabel, feels like the guy who gets better with as time goes on. And I think this is when Vrabel kind of steps up and asserts himself as like, "Yo, like I'm pretty fucking good at my job here. Like this is so we're gonna have a conversation." Um, and I think this this could be really funny to see where Ryan Tannehill is talked about among the quarterback hierarchy if what I hope happens pans out. Because, like, could you what, – what would you do if you heard Ryan Tannehill is, like, a top eight quarterback in the league? That's crazy. What if he wins a Super Bowl? Nah, he's, he's – he's, well, it's like he's like Joe Flacco, but he's a little worse. I don't know. Oh, my That's God. That's what he is. <laughs> All right. Hey, I, I like Ryan Tannehill. The Super Bowl. I like Ryan Tannehill. I, got nothing I, like, I agree. The top eight, does, it, it feels like that's – like, if the Titans win the Super Bowl, it, I just feel like their road to get there won't – It's going to be Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That Tannehill won't... just does with his job. He just doesn't get in the way. And he I know. I just wanted well. to mess with you. Yeah, I just wanted I, I, to mess Tannehill's with you. Tannehill's like comfortably in that like 10 to 13 range probably. That's that's fair. I just wanted to mess with you. I think Titans win the Super Bowl here, boys. We're getting out of here. Tapping out. Who wants to tap out or do you want me to go first? Go for it. Max? Oh, go for it. Yeah, sorry. Oh, boy. I, I, I won't turn this into a rant. I just think what Novak Djokovic has done to – Listen, nobody's claiming tennis is 
a must watch sport, even though it's plastered across watch ESPN right now with like five different courts simultaneously. I'm not saying that, but what he's done to the sport of tennis is like effectively just stated. It's a rich white boys club. That is just, it's really sad to watch because not only was he the guy who, and this is all in one year, keep in mind you calendar year, the like a 365 days has not passed since he's done this. He has denounced COVID. Everything's a hoax. Notable anti-vaxxer started sub companies to try and push essential oils and alternative medicines to people that would oppose that would supposedly cure COVID started a ring of offshoot tournaments for players who also held his beliefs where during the nights they would hold semi-small parades and go out clubbing and then was shocked when everybody and their mother contracted COVID to the point where people had to take months off of the tour, including Gregor Dimitrov, one of the younger stars, not one of the, he's older at this point, but one of the stars in tennis. And now he gets told he can't come to the Australian Open and throws a bitch fit. When Australia is getting hit harder than most and has been the place that has had the most strict lockdowns in the entire world yeah. and doesn't understand when he's told, yeah, man, you probably you're, you're not going to be allowed to play. He was told not to come, had to divert his plane in midair, got to Australia, but is now being forced to leave the country again. All because this dude is just a classic moron. And I'll tell you the worst part, boys. He's the head of of the Players Association for Ooh. the ATP. Not a good oh, luck. Really? He is the head of the Players There's Union. No fucking way. He's the head He's of the Players dumbass. Union. dumbass. Holy shit, that's actually really disheartening to hear. This dude is, like, he's one of the most talented players to ever play the game, but talent doesn't always equal brains, and this man is a fucking idiot. So, <laughs> Djokovic, <laughs> go fuck off in Serbia. Don't come back. That's ridiculous. End rant. Nah, I, I I saw I saw like he got profound mic drop. Australia, like Australia, was outraged. I like I just screenshot it. Said to my buddies, said common W for everyone. When it said like Australia said no, you're not allowed to come here. Just common W. Get the hell out, yeah. Djokovic. The fact that he's in the conversation with Rafa Nadal and and Roger Federer just sucks. Because they are just too genuinely like they're just right. the, he has to be, but those right. are two genuinely good people, and he is not. Facts. I'm done. Facts. Uh, quick tap out. I have to pee. Uh, go birds and uh, check us out on uh, PHL Sports Nation. Sports betting, little little me and Max will be dotting it up out there. That is all. Consider it a more formal crossover episode. Um, a more permanent and more formal crossover than, than yeah. what we have been doing. Um, I'm just going to end it with this. Like as someone who is by all definitions, a casual college football fan, mm. I was happy to sacrifice my pockets. And this is me admitting that I'm a sucker because I knew Alabama was a sucker bet, <laughs> but it was nice to see a team other than Alabama take on the trophy. Georgia and the under baby. Love yeah, that. The under. Wow. Okay. Well, hey, if you didn't uh, catch us live here, you can always find us wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, anywhere in between. If you uh, if you do not catch us on the live show, and if you want a double dose of us, Friday, the boys here, Max and Josh, new crossover. Uh, the, what are we calling it, boys? That's a great question. Maybe yeah, we'll just keep the trust okay. the picks. We might keep right, we'll we'll just, the picks. Just trust the picks. Just call it trust the, the picks for now. Uh, PHL Sports Nation, our guys over there, a little crossover. We'll see you next week, Philly. Go Birds. I'll give it to you again.